Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me on my podcast, where I release two new episodes every single week. Mondays, you can expect to hear from me overcoming a personal obstacle or challenge or an aha moment. And on Wednesdays, I love interviewing others who have overcome obstacles, leveraged adversity, and share their stories with you to inspire and motivate you to keep going and know that no matter what, it's all about your mind over matter. The fact that you ended up on my podcast means you are on your own self-development journey. I want to offer you, if you are ready to level up and take it a step further and deep dive to figure out how to get yourself unstuck or overcome your own obstacles, or you just need some guidance and new perspective, I offer one-on-one coaching. Please visit my website directly at heatherhakes.com, fill out the form, and let's hop on a call. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 215. In today's discussion, we are talking all about how you have the power to design a life you love. This is all about having the courage and determination and perseverance to keep going even when you have disbelief, even when you feel like you've failed. Welcome to today's interview. I brought on Carmen Ventrucci. Carmen, welcome. Hi, Heather. Thank you. Give the listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? Awesome. So I live in Minnesota. I live just outside the capital city of St. Paul. I've been a Minnesota girl the majority of my life. And earlier this year, I started a new coaching business. And so there's a few things I do in my coaching business. It is called True Sisu Life. And one thing I do, I help transform corporate employees into entrepreneurs so that they can go and design the life they want to live. I also help people clear some self-sabotaging behavior or limiting beliefs so that they can go take action and make those changes and decisions they need to so that they can design the life they want to live. Um, As you probably gathered, one of my beliefs is that we all have the power to take action and make those choices so that we can lead the life we want to. And so it is my privilege to be able to help people do just that. I love that. And actually something you brought up, this Sisu term, you told Mm -hmm. me previously it's a Finnish term. What does that mean? Yes, you are right. So it is a Finnish term. My family is Finnish on my mom's side. And there's really no direct translation into English. However, to summarize, it means basically that you have grit, determination, and tenacity, no matter the circumstance, no matter the odds. So it's really a term and a mindset that the Finnish culture has about overcoming no matter what. Okay, but life wasn't always this way for you. So I would love for you to give more of the background and then that Mm -hmm. turning point that, you know, you kind of put your hands up and and you went all Mm -hmm. in. Yes. So the past two years have been somewhat of a roller coaster for me and my family. So about almost two years ago, we kind of got a phone call out of the blue asking uh, if we could take in two of our nieces pretty much immediately. And so my husband and I have four kids of our own. And we said, without much thought to it, we said, yes, of course, they can come live with us. So we went from a family of six to a family of eight 
pretty much overnight. And just to give you an idea, the ages of the kids are 10 and under. So I have six kids right now who are 10 and under, which is a lot. Like I have a small army of children is what I tell people and I'm not exaggerating. And so that was kind of the first thing that started, you know, throwing our life into uh into a little bit of a perpetual state of change. Uh, next, we, we moved, which was self-inflicted, I admit, but you know, moving houses is always a challenge. Then we found out my husband had not one, but two separate medical issues. And he's fine now. Um, we were able to get those taken care of, but still that's like one after another, boom, boom. Oh my gosh, you know, we're, we're young. We're, we're early 40s, late 30s right now. And to have your health just kind of, um, questions like that all of a sudden, it, it gives you a little perspective. So next at the end of 2018, a couple of days before new year's, we found out my dad had prostate cancer. And so that was another challenge my family started dealing with and helping him heal. And he is fine. I am happy to say he is making a full recovery and, um, he is very, very much less curmudgeon than he used to be. And then finally, kind of the, the big one, if you can imagine, there is still a big one earlier this, uh, excuse me, actually in March of last year now, my sister, who is 36 year old, 36 years old, had a massive stroke out of the blue. And this was a very, very large stroke. The bleed was actually in her brain. And this happened only nine days after she gave birth to her second daughter. So that just threw our family and really our whole community into the state of disbelief and a state of, oh my gosh, if this can happen to my sister, you know, what could happen to me? And you always hear on the news or, you know, or in Facebook posts of tragedies striking people. And I have not had something of that magnitude strike that close to me. My sister and I are very close. And so that really shook me a little bit as it, as it ought to. And I said, wait a minute, what, what am I doing with my life? I had plans to retire from my corporate job and those plans were months out. So my original, I call it my dropout date when I dropped out of corporate America was December 31st of 2019. Well, I took action and accelerated those plans by about seven months. And I was able to drop out of my corporate job on June 4th, 2019. So all those in, all those events in the past two years of my life really led me to think about life differently and we're not guaranteed anything. So I decided to take action and just design the life I wanted to live now instead of waiting for tomorrow. Well, and you had a lot of big life stressors, move and mm -hmm. health issues. And, but more or less, it seems like this, the stroke with your sister was your big wake up call. Oh, absolutely. So um, I have 10 core values personally, and health is one of them. And it's not only the health of me, it's the health of those that are close to me. So my family of origin and my family of choice. And, you know, when uh, a, a medical event of this magnitude happens, I mean, it's one of those old crap moments in your life. Um, okay, this happened to my sister. You know, could it happen to me? Um, what would I do if it happens to me? You know, it spurred a lot of conversation in our family. Um, you know, just, you know, the what if planning. We already had an estate plan and everything, but we re revisited it, and, you know, kind of put in some more contingencies should anything like this happen to my husband, myself, et cetera. And so, yeah, that, that really was a wake up call on, I'm, I, look, I have this plan. Why wait? Just do it now.
And I think that's the big thing is so many mm-hmm. people, I call it stuck in this boring ass box. It's their comfort zone. And they have dreams yeah. of, they have dreams of going out on their own and, and maybe starting a business or writing a blog mm-hmm. or that photography side gig or whatever. But mm-hmm. so many people, they just sit in the stability and the comfort because they don't like the unknowns and the uncertainty. But also, like, tomorrow isn't guaranteed. And so what message would you give those people sitting in that, you know, wanting more and, and wishing more for themselves, but af- afraid to take the leap? Oh, get, so you're going to be uncomfortable about something no matter where you are in life, okay? So get comfortable with being uncomfortable. It's, 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 really, a, it's really a good indicator and a good barometer for yourself. If you're too comfortable, you need to go do something different, whether it's find a new activity, find a new hobby, you know, go, go make a new friend, just do something different. It doesn't have to be life altering. It just has to be different. The more you practice pushing yourself out of that, your comfort zone, the more successful in general, you're going to be the, the happier in general, you're going to be. So I see, I take comfort as a sign that I need to change something up. Well, and something you brought up that whole disbelief for myself, because I preach about getting out of your comfort zone all the time. And for me, getting out of my comfort zone, trying new things, it's created a lot more confidence. And so it's also for me, it's created momentum to, oh, if I can do this, what else can I do? Exactly. So yes, success will breed confidence. Excuse me. Success will breed more confidence. So as you do exactly what you said, try new things and you find that you can do them, you're going to just grow more confidence and set out to do even more new things and, and conquer something else new. So absolutely. I love that. Okay. So something you brought up in the beginning was um, mm-hmm. your coaching on unlimiting beliefs and that we all have the power. Mm-hmm. What do you believe is a big reason or a big holdback that people have stepped into doubt and disbelief and have given their power away? I think they they just get stuck. So yes, we all have self-doubt. It is completely normal to have self-doubt. There's nothing wrong with it. I just think people get stuck because they did something wrong once. They're going to, they think they're going to do it wrong again. So if you're getting stuck in self-doubt, I think it's a reflection that our society does not encourage people to go out, try things, fail, and make mistakes. So this is one of the biggest things I tell my kids. And if if you talk to them, they'd all be like, yeah, mom says to go ahead and make mistakes. It's fine, you know, Um, because that's how we learn. Like, let's just take it back to when you learned how to walk when you were a baby. Yeah, you you fell on your butt a whole bunch. And that's, is that a mistake? technically, because you did not accomplish walking. And it's fine. And so, you know, even in in the workplace, uh, you know, going to school, we're we're just encouraged not to make mistakes, to do everything perfect, the right thing. And perfection does not exist. And so I think that all leads to the self-doubt and the limiting beliefs that people carry around with them is because they made a mistake at something once, or they're afraid to make that mistake. Because as a society, it's just frowned upon. Really, it should be encouraged. Couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. But I think that's something, I mean, it's hard, right? In, in social media, everybody gets stuck in comparison and judgment mm-hmm. and somebody's further along than I am. So why would I even start? How am I going mm-hmm. to get there? But it's people's highlight reel. And so mm-hmm. what advice do you give somebody to, I think a lot of it, it's courage, 
but it's, I also believe it's so much mindset. So I have gotten the space and the thinking, I don't even like the word failure, but when I read about it is thinking of it as a temporary defeat, meaning it's just temporary. And like you said, to learn from it. So failure is an event. You are not a failure. Exactly. You, you hit it right on the head. Just because you fail at something does not mean you're, you're a failure. So if you're familiar with Brene's, Brene Brown's work, which I'm sure you probably are, she really makes the distinction between guilt and shame. And it's very similar to what you just said. So when you feel guilt, she, the, the, this is her example, not mine. So let's say you go, you get drunk the night before, and then you're at the work the next day and you have the headache. And if, you, if you're saying to yourself, oh, I did a stupid thing, that's guilt because what you did was the, the issue, not who you are. And if you're sitting there thinking, oh my God, I'm such a bad person because I went and got drunk and now I'm hungover, that is shame because you are feeling that you are bad, you are the issue. So I, I, I 100%, Heather, agree with what, what you just said. Just because you fail does not mean you should have shame about it because you are not a failure. Yes. But how, how, do, how does somebody who... I'm not saying like people like mm-hmm. to fail, but I, mm-hmm. I actually, it, in like your walking example, snowboarding, snowboarding was, I mean, something difficult to learn and get good at, but you're mm-hmm. going to fall on and it's might be painful at first. But for me, it was worth going through that discomfort to now mm-hmm. be able to snowboard and carve and enjoy it and like go through the mm-hmm. trees and the joy. But I had to go through that slight discomfort to get to that point. Mm-hmm. So think of it, Think of it this way. Use it to massage your ego. So let's say, let's take the snowboarding, for example. So let's say you're a snowboarder or you're learning another new sport or skill and you fall down. Well, now you know what to do in that situation. So if you see that same curve maybe on on the slope coming up when you're snowboarding, you know how to handle it because you've been through it before. Failing and learning from it means that all that means is that you've been through it before and now you know what to do. So you are now more of an expert at whatever you're working on and just use it to feed your ego. Call yourself the expert because you failed so much before in the past or you learned from your mistakes in the past or you've already done it. it and so much of this is mm-hmm. about perspective. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So with your coaching clients or maybe something mm-hmm. you've been through, what are you finding the common denominators of the disbelief and how to overcome that? Oh, so one of the common denominators I find is that people do not put their plans together very well. And so that's one of the things I just actually got off a call right before this one on, I was helping somebody put together their business plan for a business they want to start so that they can to drop out of corporate America. And a lot of people say, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to, you know, maybe they, maybe they say, I'll do it by the end of the year, but they have no idea what exactly what steps and what actions to take to put a plan to their goal. And so that's something I, I spend a lot of time working with clients on is putting action plans to goals, making sure that they hold themselves accountable to those action plans and that your goal is set in stone mostly, but your strategy can be flexible. So mm-hmm. if you're doing, like we were just talking about, if we're doing something that's not working, let's pivot, adjust it so that it does work and gets you to your goal faster. Yeah, I think that's so important to mm-hmm. keep your eye on the end goal, but be flexible mm-hmm. in the approach. And something Tony Robbins says, if, you're, if you are doing something and it didn't work, adjust your approach. And if that doesn't work, adjust your approach. And you keep mm-hmm. adjusting until you get there. Mm-hmm. 
So for you and your clients or, or somebody, a budding entrepreneur, do you, is it reverse engineering? If you know the end goal, maybe the dropout date or whatever, mm-hmm. is it, do you help them to kind of like create this roadmap and to create clarity so they know the daily habits and rituals they need to get there? Yes, absolutely. So I do my goal and plan setting, just like you, like you said, I start with the end in mind. So I always ask, what are your success criteria to achieve whatever it happens, what, like, like a dropped out date, drop out date, for example. And so part of it will be, okay, so this is what you has to happen in order for you to drop out comfortably. Let's work backwards then from that time or that financial goal and see how we get you there. And I usually drill it down into what are your three, three to five core activities you have to do every day to make that goal happen. And it could be something like I will, depending on their, their industry or their, their talents, you know, it's I'm making X sales calls or I am prospecting this many new customers. You know, there's a, there's a whole gamut of what those three to five activities could be. It's personalized for them, but definitely start with the end in mind. That's, that's, where I see a lot of the success coming from goal setting and action planning is starting with the end in mind. And then you fill in the details as you go. And then that I imagine helps them create clarity, which would keep them going. Exactly. Exactly. Another important thing is to put in milestone markers along their journey. Mm. So I want them to see the progress while they're still making progress because if they wait to the end, they might lose motivation. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a question. As part of your process, do you do anything about having a strong why? Oh, absolutely. One of the first things I have people do is do their highest intentions worksheet. Um, If they don't know why they're doing it, if they're not crystal clear on that, they're going to start losing their way and start straying from their journey and onto different paths. And sometimes it's sometimes that's where they're meant to go. Most of the time it's not. And so your why is really the gas in your car that gets you there, right? You also need your what and your how, but your why is your motivation and it's going to keep driving you to that goal. Yeah. For me, having a strong why, no matter what new endeavor I'm after, that's where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, I'll, I'll get results or I'll get excuses because mm-hmm. there's going to be days when you don't feel like it. Yes. yes but with absolutely. the why, it carries you through. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so then from today's conversation, what is a key takeaway you want listeners to have gotten? Oh, key takeaway. That's a good question. So as I said before, I am a, I'm truly passionate and I truly believe that we all can do something to design our lives. I know we all have something in our life we want to change. Go and change it. Go take action and take those baby steps you need to change it. And really the key is to put together your goal. Be, be very clear on your goal and then put the plan together to execute that goal. And if you don't know how get a mentor or mm-hmm. get a coach, like there are yes. people out there that mm-hmm. have already done what you want to do. So save the mm-hmm. time, save the time, learn from that mentor or coach. Uh, there's no, there's no harm in hiring a coach or finding a coach because there is somebody who has done what you want to do before they exist. They're out there. Yeah. You just need to go find them. Yeah. And I think the big thing there is it's okay to ask for help. Absolutely. We can't. Oh my. So another thing I'm a true believer in is the power of the village. So it does not matter who you are or how good you are or what you do. You will need help. You cannot do everything on your own. And it takes a village to raise children. It takes a village to make strong leaders. 
it takes, a, you know, a village to really execute any project, fundraiser, goal, company, fill in the blank, whatever it is, it's going to take your village. So go find your village. You will be surprised at how they show up for you. And it's a lot of fun to show up for them. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So I'd love to wrap up this interview and I have a few rapid fire questions for you. Awesome. Mm-hmm. The first one being, what is a quote or motto that you live by? Life is a perpetual state of change. Mm. I said that one. Yes. And what does that mean to mm-hmm. you? It means um, you have to surrender to the fact that things will never be the way they were. And that's okay. Mm. Yes. So embrace the change. Embrace the change. Oh, love that. What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? Um, so one I read, it was my, probably my best read of 2019. And it was called Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. It's a book about negotiating tactics and strategy. And the author was a former um, like uh, hostage negotiator. And so he shares a lot of insights on how to negotiate with people, whether it's within your family, with your kids, with your, your, your spouse, on the job, with clients. Just It was my best read by far of 2019. And so what does that mean exactly to negotiate? Is it creating boundaries? Is it not um, discounting yourself? Is what, what was the message? It, you know, it's a little bit of both. It's, it's, it's a, he really talks a lot about how to get to your preferred outcome with whoever you're dealing with. So he gives a lot of examples. You know, one of the examples he gave was uh, somebody at a airline desk at the gates at the airport, and they're trying to get on this flight and they executed some simple mirror and mimicking techniques. And then they were the only person to get on this plane magically so that they could be on time for this big meeting they had. And so just to how to treat people with respect that's the big thing for, of him is that you treat whoever you're dealing with, with respect and in such a way that you elicit the outcome you desire while everybody feels like they have a win-win. I, I, now that you are saying that, I feel like mm-hmm. that book is actually in my Amazon cart. So I will move that up. And yes, queue. move it up. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Final mm-hmm. question for you. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give your younger self? Oh my goodness. Um, that's a great question. So what I would say to my younger self is your journey will not be what you think it is and it will change and be willing to embrace it and find joy in it and have more fun along the way. Uh, it's funny you say that cause that totally resonates with me. I'm currently 34 thought I would be married at 25 kids by 28 and Mm -hmm. well, life hasn't quite gone as planned. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that message is, and I think for me, it's stepping into trusting, although this might be cliche or it's kind of hard, but trusting the process and having faith that you are exactly where you're meant to be right now. And, Mm -hmm. but those things ideally that I want, I'm, they're just around the corner kind of thing. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Carmen, thank you so much for joining me and, and sharing your, your inspiring story. Oh, thank you, Heather. I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. To connect with me even further, follow me on Instagram at heather.hakes. You can find me on YouTube to get even more information and video content. And my website, 
heatherhakes.com. I'll catch you on the next 